Here at the Everyday Entrepreneur Podcast, we get to take a closer look behind the scene of entrepreneurs in their everyday lives. We're here to shine a light on the ups, the downs, and the journey of entrepreneurship. Stories about difficulties, trials and errors, and overcoming them. Our mission is to provide value and information about different businesses and promote their venture. This particular podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. Please be advised, we are not your business or financial advisor. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur. Tonight's guest is Nate Gontis, San Francisco Bay Area native. His talent rings bell across the Bay Area. He played mostly for private events and weddings. His violin style of music is very unique and very special. We had the chance to sit down and talk to him and interview him and learn about his story and his journey to his entrepreneurship. I hope you guys enjoy the show. Welcome to the Everyday Entrepreneur. Again, the, the name's Nate Ganty, uh, violinist. Uh, I was uh, born in San Francisco, born and raised, and um, I've been playing the violin for probably 15 years now. I started when I was like 12, 13-ish, mm-hmm. and... Uh, I'm Filipino, <laughs> Filipino American, you know, Bay Area represent, and uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, you're 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 a San Francisco Daily City native, correct? Yeah pretty, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. All right, that's crazy. I didn't even know you went to um to Ben Franklin. Yeah. <laughs> Franklin uh, Middle School. That was during yeah, and during that time, that was when I was learning how to play. Like I just started learning. So, oh, so this is like when you're a teenager, like. Yeah, I started. So, twelve to thirteen. That's late for a violinist, because usually the whole spiel is, you know, if you're a violinist and you want to be a professional, you have to start when you're like, <laughs> like yeah. four or five or something, something, some oh, crazy really? young age. Yeah. So that's usually the spiel. You know, you hear the stories of the child prodigies and all that, and like. Yeah, but I'm definitely not that. I'm definitely not that. So <laughs> you learn, you learn, you learn the, the, the skills. You learn, you learn to to play violin. When how old were you then? I was 12, 13. Like I was like turning thirteen, pretty much. Like ah, uh, uh, yeah. Um, it was random, you know. Like I, uh, I mean, I wanted to be in a band with my friends that were at church because they had a youth band or something. Then I. Uh, I wanted to be part of that, but they wouldn't let me like hang out with them because I didn't play anything and stuff. So I felt really left out. And then I thought to myself, what can I do to join them? But then I didn't want to play guitar at the time. I know I play guitar now, but I didn't want to play guitar at the time because I wanted to be different, I guess. And then one day we went to a youth, um, went to this youth event. And then I saw a violinist in the worship band. I had never seen that ever in my life. And like I saw that guy just playing and I was like, whoa, that fits in a band setting because I used to think it was just orchestras and stuff. But at that moment, I was like, that's what I'm going to do. And then uh, next thing you know, I asked my mom, 
we take lessons. We lived nearby a music shop. Uh-huh. And the place I lived at in San Francisco, like in the Excelsior district. It was like in Geneva. Okay. And then um, it's called Viable Music Center. And what's funny is I teach there now. I'm a teacher there now. Oh, wow. So, yeah, yeah. So um, I learned there. And then it's history from there pretty much. So that's how it began, I guess. That's I cool. asked my mom. I begged her. I was like, I think, well, at the time, I wasn't really doing much for my life. You know, as a kid, I didn't really have interests besides video games. And then my mom was shocked when I told her that. And she was like, oh, yeah, we'll definitely get you into that. Then she was really supportive about it. So, yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah. Oh, that's pretty cool. All right. Um, well, it was, what was, did you work before that? Did you have a, what was your first job? My first job ever was, um, I was 19. And I worked at a place called Desi Wall. And, um, dude, I hated it. <laughs> I hate retail. <laughs> I hate retail. I think that was a really defining moment for me. I'm glad I got that job because, you know, I mean, I want work experience. But at the same time, I realized at that moment, this is definitely something I don't want to do. Oh, that's a good At that moment. And it was good pay at the time. But honestly, I just I did not care, man. Like, I was just like, dude, I can't I can't do this. There's just no way. Like dealing with people like that. Like, they just, you know, some people don't even treat you like you're human, you know? They just treat you like you're some kind of, like, machine that's supposed to help them. And, you know, you have to cater to their every whim and blah, blah, blah. I just I just hated that idea. And, like, I just felt like, you know, I wasn't treated, you know, fairly. There's, like, some of these customers that would come up to me just felt really bad, you know? Like, and some people, like, and the, another thing, too, I learned was, like, people are really difficult. Like, they're really, really difficult. They can be, you know. Yeah. So that really gave me a perspective. So at that moment, I swore to myself after I, I left the job, went back to the school. Like, I was like, I am never doing that ever again. <laughs> like, well, that's good. I mean, you figured it out pretty young and you were able to transition to your passion. Yeah, let's talk about that. Uh, so from there on, you just start playing. And I want to get into, um, you know, your you're transitioning into your first it was your hobby right and then when did you know that you were good enough tell me the story about like um to be honest with you man I was super young when I realized like this is all I wanted to do in my life so when I started off playing the guy who taught me um well I had like two teachers before this guy but um I met a guy named David Finch, and me and him are still really tight. He's like my mentor. He was the dude that taught me from the very get-go. He had so I told him my interests in learning jazz and like other styles. You know, well, I actually started off with me telling him, "Hey, I have these friends that play in a band. Can I play with them?" And uh-huh. he's like, "Yeah, I can teach you how to do that, man." And it was kind of like a dream come true because the other two teachers I had were only classical teachers and I, w- I didn't really have an interest in that so this guy was a fiddler he was more fiddler as in like he plays like roots music which is like bluegrass country that kind of sound yeah. pretty much so he told me yeah man I could totally teach you how to do that and then he did and in six months I was able to play with my friends and then eventually he told me like about Berkeley College of Music and he was like, you could go here and like really get good, you know, because a lot of great players come out from this school. And then at that moment, I had a goal in mind. And I was like, I'm going to get into this school. Uh-huh. And it started from there. So you Came went to Berkeley. To- yeah, I went to Berkeley College of Music, not not UC Berkeley, 
right in the California, college. but Berkeley and Boston. So I lived in oh, Boston, Boston for four years. Yeah, I lived in Boston, Boston for four years. Um, and then I just honed my craft there pretty much. Oh, so and that's like, how that's how you basically you, you got pretty much yeah. When I got into the, I got into the school and like I was like, wow, I'm really doing this. Like I'm really gonna try to make music my career. Yeah, you know, and then um, yeah, then I just spent a lot of time. Well, my vision changed while I was there, though, because initially it was I want to be a jazz violinist. And then mm. as I became part of the jazz culture and like tried to like immerse myself in that, um, you know, with playing with people who play jazz and like studying it, I had realized something and that was. There is no, there's really no money in jazz unless you're like really good, like really super good at it. And um, to be honest with you, I wasn't super good at it. I mean, I, I definitely was an advanced student in terms of jazz, but I, I wasn't that next level, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, like in, in other jazz musicians eyes, I'm not there. So I started thinking to myself and it, it's kind of depressing um, doing like playing that music and being part of the culture, like for me it was because I just, you know, I just wasn't really feeling it. And the people can be pretty pretentious. Yeah. You know, like bunch of music snobs. And then, and you know, like I love jazz, but I love hip hop too and like pop music and stuff. And it was kind of frowned upon by some of these jazz musicians to like that kind of music. Oh, okay. So that sucked. And then I was just like, well, what can I do then? And then I had this this thought man um where it was like why not like play jazz kind of licks and stuff like over pop music so yeah. i had this epiphany and then i bought a busking um pass you know because boston they require you to have a busking pass to like play on the streets so i bought one i went on the streets i tried it and then there was a lot of success there's a lot of people really cheering me on like i would bring big crowds to me you caught traction yeah and i got traction and from there it was kind of like i can do this so really i feel like the the start of my career financially like in terms of like actually being lucrative was from busking actually which is okay. great yeah and it and what's funny is in high school, I had a quartet and we, I, I did busk in high school, but uh -huh. this was the first time I decided to do it by myself. Yeah. I feel like when I played with my quartet, I was more of a supporting role. I wasn't really mm -hmm. a lead role, if that makes sense. Like, mm -hmm. so in the string quartet, there's two violins, a viola and cello. And like, I had that group in high school, but I was violin too, which is more of a supporting role. Not really the lead rock star, right? Violin one's the rock star. So this is the first time I went in just like by myself. So I was really nervous when I first started, but I wanted to give it a try and it worked. And then that's kind of what I've been doing ever since pretty much. So <laughs> Great. That's a good story. So yeah. you, start, you went to Boston, tried it out, got traction. Well, first you figured out what you wanted to do and got a mentor. That's awesome. See, those are the traits of um, uh, entrepreneur. You know, it's that journey of, figuring things out and what works for you and your passion right oh definitely definitely yeah and that's what we try to tell you know we try to uh bring out the story with behind every entrepreneur out in this podcast and you know definitely listen to the story that's 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 pretty good you know you did um yeah. yeah you did follow what you you know you wanted to do so that's a great transition that's a great transition um yeah. so when so you went uh, you apparently moved back here in the bay area 
Yeah, I moved back to the Bay, definitely. Um, after my four years, I got my degree, and then uh, I just moved back here, pretty much, and then just now, kind this, of from there. <laughs> okay, so let's jump right into it. So, um, so did you take that leap of faith, like, when you got back? How long have you been doing your gigs? I mean, you're pretty good at what you do. I've been, I've been gigging for a long time, man, since I was a teenager, you know, like, like you know, 16, I think like since i was 16 you were doing you were doing gigs since 16 now yeah. you're i mean aside from ban what is that banting or um when you're doing but yeah the public shows right oh busking yeah, yeah. Oh, busking yeah sorry yeah so aside from that you know i'm talking about like you know you when when would when would you say you had your first real gig that you got paid like in a venue or maybe some you know someone that hired you when did that um, start from you? I mean, from... Um, I think, well, getting paid gigs? No, like, literally, like, I was... Well, actually, um, I was playing free for a lot of high school just because the gigs I did were for the school to promote Soda School of the Arts. So I oh. guess real paid gigs? Um, I think when I was 18. Like, I, you know, I did a gig, you know, because, like, uh, Berkeley College of Music, you know, like, you, you'll get gigs, like, you know, if you know people. So oh. I, yeah, I did that. Well, my first gigs were really like just kind of string section kind of gigs, not really me solo, the busking stuff. If you're talking about my first real paid gig where, where it's just me. Yes. Bus I was like, yeah, I think I was, you know, I was like 19, you know, because like what, what I did, like I mentioned, I worked at Desi Gual. So after my shifts at Desi Gual, I would go out to the streets with my amp and my violin and I would just play. And then I remember, I remember this uh, lady coming up to me who um, said she, she ran a fashion show and she wanted me to play in it. So I think, I guess like in terms of gig by myself, that's one of the first ones I could really remember when I was 19. And then I did that gig and that was me. That was me, man. That wasn't, that no, was like I did a ton of gigs before then, but that, this was me by myself. Yes. You know, like me, like, I guess so um and that that was crazy like and then the story behind that gig that that was a pretty crazy gig too and that was one of my first ones by myself so that alone was like dang <laughs> um that like actually do you mind if i tell the story of it yeah like, no, go for it gig? yeah my first paid real gig by myself not with an orchestra or anything so i um i had gone ready for this gig i had i had a bag with my amp and all this stuff and like my suit because i had to wear a suit uh -huh. and then i went to the city the busk just to you know make a little extra money because this gig was in the city this fashion show um i decided i did a dumb thing i took a nap in the mall and then i woke up and my bag was gone and like oh. my suit got stolen my suit and amp got stolen luckily my violin didn't get stolen you know yeah. Like it was just, it was just, that's, but that was stuff I needed. But luckily I got to the place and I told them what happened. And then, uh, the, luckily the sound guy there had his own equipment. So I used his amp and all that stuff, like for the show. And then even that fashion show was just really peculiar, man. It was just a really, you know, it, I think the, the fashion, the, they were doing, it's kind of like, you know, peacock, you know, like these girls wearing like peacock um, kind of like outfits like feathers and stuff and i was just okay. and you know what's more awkward about it too was it was just me on the violin playing there wasn't like background right 
So it was just me and they didn't have a specific plan for me. Like they were just like, just play. So I improvised like a melody and stuff and they're just walking down doing their fashion thing. Like I was like, dude, this is the most awkward thing. Like it was really weird. And then, um, and then they hired me also to play for the after party. So I played, you know, my usual set, Yeah. you know, and then uh, that went good though. That went good. Um, but the fashion show itself was just kind of, awkward because there wasn't really like you know it's kind of like bumping music playing in the background it's just me on my violin playing whatever like it was, it was right. weird. i think they didn't think it through too much but yeah then but i got paid and uh yeah <laughs> that was, that was... okay no that's a that's a very good story it's crazy like i'm yeah. like things ha life happens right and then yeah, you still got to make it through right and yeah. then like the opportunity that it gave you to where you're at right now it's yeah, pretty yeah. good let's talk about that like so um you're doing gigs for like weddings and and parties yes. right but i also yeah. seen your youtube channel you know yeah. i i'm trying to like i'm trying to find all that um the outlets that you're in but i am yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed like you have some good videos out there Thank you, man. And, and you have showcased like definitely samplings some of these tracks. Um, when when did you start your YouTube channel? Um, I'll be honest with you, I'm not really too active on it. So my purpose for YouTube, there's a point where I was making a bunch of content, then it's really a hassle. Like people don't know the grind, like what it takes to like be a YouTuber. Like you have to make a lot of content, and it's a lot of work to do a lot of content and it could be very expensive too um for the really nice videos i have like those aren't cheap you know um yeah. so i thought to myself i'll make a youtube video every now and then just to be updated but the main purpose of the youtube channel and social media in general is for clientele really yeah, okay it's just for yeah it's just it's a portfolio pretty much it's just like hey like you want to see what i play like well here it is like that's why i made a tiktok too you know like that's definitely the most current thing right now so i feel like any you know freelance musician like i feel like any freelance musician should have social media oh yeah of some kind especially probably in the big three are instagram tiktok and youtube in my opinion you can have facebook too but to be honest i think like those three i mentioned are the big ones that are really important you yeah no, for sure tiktok and uh, instagram definitely for sure yeah, so yeah i was checking out some of those stuff like that you have on instagram it's pretty dope man yeah yeah, yeah. You know, I wish I was like, man, is there something that we could, I mean, because you do, you do a lot of live stuff, man. I know you're, yeah. you're killing it when you're doing the live stuff. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Yeah. You know, I want to feature some of like, well, the video that I have that I took from you, definitely I'm going to feature it on this podcast and then yeah. use, that, use that track. But, uh, you know, tell, tell, tell everyone where they can find you or do you have any like, you know, any gigs is coming up that that might be, majority of your gig are private, huh? Yeah, they're pretty private. Um, I don't have like a public show thing. Well, actually, um, there's one. Uh, let me check. June. It is June 26th. Um, I'll be playing in. I it's either Fairfield or Vallejo, something like that. So mm -hmm. it's called the Boss Con. Okay, okay. I played for these guys before. Um, it's like a convention for like vendors and stuff, but they put on lit shows and I'm one of the okay. people for it. So, you know, um, I don't have details on it yet, but I know it's June 26th. Okay. You know, it would be around two or 3 PM. Um, I'll, you know, if you follow me on social media, so you can just type Nate Ganti, N-A-T-E-G-A-N-T-I, Nate Ganti, 
and then um look me up on tiktok and instagram and youtube mainly probably probably if you want to know like updates probably instagram because i post on my story so i'll post yeah. about it when the time comes so you can just follow me there pretty much yeah all right that sounds good man we look we're looking forward to more of your content and definitely like, like i would i'm trying to shine a light on on your talent because i you know you're a hidden gem and i believe like man people should know about this guy There's man this i appreciate you know i think like um i've always had this thought like because um i have a lot of friends that play violin even though we're a small community like there's a lot of us and they're all really you know like two friends i have brian king joseph and d sharp the violinist like they're really successful and they're friends of mine and like i'm really honored to be friends with them and i learn a lot from them that's part of how i've learned how to do this thing too is from watching them and stuff um i'm not as blown up as them though but i love to think of myself as the underrated violinist like i'm kind of like yeah when you were saying hidden gem i like to think of myself as like you know, like, I don't, I don't care about the fame and stuff, but I'm that guy that's really good that, like, I'm, like, the hidden secret kind of thing. Yeah, and, like, I agree. I used, to, I used to be really down about that, but the older I've gotten, the more I've appreciated that thought. Because, you know, like, um, when I studied jazz violinists, I would find some gems, and I'd be like, wow, nobody knew about this guy. Mm-hmm. And, like, he's just, he's goaded, you know? So I hope one of my dreams someday is, like, you know, like, somewhere along down the line 50 60 years from now people are like hey there's this one guy like nate ganty who played hip-hop and stuff who played this music and he was like really good at it and then like young kids that are like learning how to play the violin they figure out about me and they study me or whatever like that's kind of like a big goal vision but i don't know if i'll ever get there but that'd be cool you know oh man i I hear about these new these jazz violinists that were around like you know almost 100 years ago or whatever or like 80 plus years ago and then like you know i'm mind blown by hearing them and i'm just like wow and i learned a lot from listening to the recordings of them and stuff like they're just underrated like stuff smith the jazz the great jazz violinist like he you know he wasn't super well known but you know he's like goaded like you know so i hope like i could be like that someday like just a un, like a, a hidden secret yeah, so you definitely are a hidden secret, but I don't think it's <laughs> going to take 60 years to 50 years but with the technology that's uh, that's out right now. And also, like, you know, that's why I was like one of the, the mission that we have here at Everyday Entrepreneur is to shine a light on a dated everyday people just like you and I. And, and you know, great talent. You know, it doesn't have to, you know, everyone's pretty much an entrepreneur. It's just depending on what they do with mm-hmm. their passion. And again, yeah. like hope, you know, I'm hoping in the future, I could see something of like, you know, something like I could see in public or people could like tap in with you and like, you know, definitely like, you know, if you guys are looking for, you know, uh, if you guys have an event and you guys are looking for some entertainment, definitely hire Nate Gonti. He's, he's a great violinist. You guys got to check him out. Yeah. And um, yeah, man, I don't think it's gonna take that long. You're you definitely are you you have the talent, and it's just a matter of time. It's a matter of platforms. Someone out there that might just find you and say, "Hey, give this guy a record deal or something." I hope, man. That's that's the dream, man. That's the dream. Maybe someday, you know. But you know, like I'm pretty content just, you know, um, making a living doing this. Really, like, and then I guess like my main goal as an entrepreneur, I guess, is like, you know, just to make happy clients, you know, just to make people happy with what I do. I think that's the the big vision of it. 
being comfy doing what I love and then other people enjoying that. So it's like a service, you know? Yeah. It's just it's what I do. It's like, you know, it's like I want to bring good service to people, you know, who want live music, like something unique. So that's my main goal as an entrepreneur. So there you go. There you have it, folks. Uh, Nate Gonti. You guys got to check him out. Instagram, um, TikTok, and yeah. YouTube. YouTube. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you for uh, doing this interview, Nate, man. I got to. Yeah, thank you, man. I appreciate you. Thank you, man. Sometime soon. And uh, we'll, you know, invite you here at the house and maybe, you know, you you can do some song for us. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You already know, man. You already know. I'm down. All right. Well, I'm going to log. I'm going to stop the recording. Uh, But yeah, man, thank you for uh, doing this interview. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. For sure, man. Hold on. Let me just end the recording. I hope you guys enjoyed the show tonight. Check us out in our next episode about leadership and why is it important. You're, you know, um, starting off, you're not just kind of born into leadership. Um, Maybe it's, I think it's an accumulation for me is, Maybe of your upbringing, your past, your experiences, some of the some of the things that you've gone through through life. Um, for me, I think I was put into a leadership role just as a father. Um, Till the next time, in the everyday entrepreneur. Good night.